0: Like Jeff shared on stage during our time of worship, we want to tell some stories tonight about where God's been at work. Uh, We're also going to give you some language tonight to help articulate our vision and mission as a church. One of the things that we believe that's going to be helpful for you as a part of our awakened family is that regardless of which missional community you're a part of, we want to make sure we have common shared DNA. And we also have a shared vision and mission to rally around together. And if we have those things, I think God will begin to do some amazing things over the next few years. So next week is geared around, hey, where is God taking us in this next season, next 12 months to the next even five years out? And then we're going to reflect tonight back on kind of where we've been. So I'm going to invite Connie and Jeff to go ahead and come up now. They're going to kind of hang out with me up here. We're going to kind of share this collectively together. There are three statements that we're going to use tonight. And each one of us are going to kind of talk through some stories related to each of these. Really? You couldn't walk behind me? That was awkward. Uh, Now I have a random... Yeah. Anyway, there's three statements that we're going to use tonight. They're not going to be up on the screen. I would ask you if you have a, a... Phone, or if you got a program, write these three statements down. Even if you're not really going to do it, pretend to be on your phone for a second and just just amuse me, okay? Please write these three statements down for me because we're going to use these tonight, and next week, and these three statements will begin to become foundational for our our vision and mission as a church over the next several years, and maybe even for as long as Awaken is in existence. So, three statements we're going to use tonight around our vision. The first one tonight is that we are a missional church. First statement, we are a missional church. Throughout the history of Awaken, since the day it started in Mikey Connie's living room, this church has had a relational desire to be missional in this Hampton Roads area. We may not have always had language for it, but we've always had a desire to be on mission as localized missionaries to reach out to the Hampton Roads area. Now, over the last five years, as Jeff will share in a few minutes, we've done that through missional communities and kind of un- unpacked that, especially over the last two or three years in whole new, exciting ways. But we've always been and will always be a missional church. So statement number one, all in unison, we are a missional church. All right, you guys are still sleeping on me. Cool. Number two, we are a multiplying church. Number two, we are a multiplying church pens and paper, phone, just just pretend like you're doing it for me, please. I won't make, I won't call you out, but it'll make me feel better. We are a multiplying church. And again, we'll unpack that tonight and next week as well. But our desire is not just to grow the brand of Awaken. Our desire is to extend the banner of Jesus throughout Hampton Roads. And as we know, Being in Hampton Roads, God gives us a lot of really cool opportunities to multiply all over the world through military, through transient families that move here temporarily. And so we know that God has called us to a much greater mission by being a multiplying church. We don't just want to build this giant building of a church, we want to grow out into the grassroots all throughout Hampton Roads. And that's going to require us to be a multiplying church. Again, part of that DNA that we've had from day one will continue to be there in 10 years from now. We are a multiplying church. And number three, we are a shared ownership church. Number three, we are a shared ownership church. And through the stories that you'll hear tonight and what you'll hear more about next week, we are constantly trying to find ways to where you do not view this church setup as some hierarchical uh, staff-led church. That this is a shared team ownership church that we have. Your voice is just as loud as mine, even though mine is amplified, no pun intended, right? But regardless of that, you have a voice here and you have a story like we just talked about. And your story and my story, when we come together, we own this church and this community together. God does some amazing things, but people without vision perish, the Bible teaches us. So we want to have a common vision around these three things, and we're going to kind of unpack that collectively tonight. So uh, tonight will look a little bit different, so will next week, and then of course we'll have our Easter Saturday service on the 20th. But the next three weeks are exciting things, if you're listening online, I would encourage you to go on Facebook and get plugged in as well. Make sure you look through kind of what we've been as a church, where we're going, and make sure that you're a part of the conversation. I look forward to talking with you guys more about this, and obviously in your MCs, continue to tell the stories, right? Because if you don't tell a story, what ends up happening is that people begin to forget all the really cool things that God's done. So tonight, we're going to go back all the way to the beginning of Awaken's history and tell some stories because if we're honest, some of you have only been here for a few weeks, some of you have been here for a few months, and maybe even the last year or two, but maybe there are stories about Awaken's history and kind of who we were and who we've always been that maybe you didn't know about. And so we want to honor the past so that we can know where God's leading us into the future. And that's part of what Vision Check is all about. So I want to pass it off to Jeff. He'll get us started. How's
1: everybody doing? How's everybody doing? Okay, thank you. It's so quiet in here. You're cold, really? You're always cold. Um, I'm going to do my best to pace myself. You guys know I usually have 30 minutes to talk, and I never stick within my 30 minutes to talk. And so tonight I only have a portion of those 30 minutes, and so I'm going to try. I'm already wasting my time. Uh, For this Vision Check series, we break it up into two weeks, right? And so tonight we're talking about where we are. What is kind of the state of the church as we see it? How has God been moving in our community? And the next week, we're going to be talking about where are we going? And so we're going to kind of hint some stuff that will lay the groundwork tonight that we'll finish next week that we kind of really uh, uh, put the bookend on. But we're going to talk a lot about where we are tonight. And the part that I'm going to speak to the most is uh, what Philip said, that we are a missional church. I I like that whole call and response thing, so say that with me. We are a missional, missional church. church. So what does that mean? If, if, if you're new to Awaken, or maybe this is a, kind of a different context for you, you might think, okay, what is a missional church? Aren't all churches missional, right? Aren't all churches supposed to be spreading the gospel to all nations, right, the Great Commission? And yes, there's some truth to that, but the, the methodology, right, the way in which a church goes about doing that can look kind of different. And so some of you guys, you're hearing this for the, you know, X-dozenth time, and some of you, it may be the first, but we kind of talk, when we talk about missional churches, we contrast that by talking about attractional churches. And so some churches have the mindset of wanting to uh, attract people to them so that they can come to experience God, right? We kind of call this mentality a come and see. So attractional is come and see, come and see who God is, come and see what God is doing in our community, come and see what God can do for you, Right? Versus a missional church, we say, is a go-and-be church. And so missional church does not focus as much on saying, come see what we have to offer. Come see what we can do. We want to build up this big institution that is the church. We Instead, we want you to be here so that you can be trained and equipped to go back out. That's why one of our primary rhythms as Awaken is sending out. We believe that every single person in here should be living their life as a missionary. And so that's we want you to go and be the church in your neighborhoods, in your workplaces, in your network versus trying to get them to come to see us. Does that make sense? So that's at the very base level what we mean when we say we're a missional church. Um, but I, could, I need to unpack that. Otherwise, uh, I'd go under my time, and that's, uh, that's a grave sin. I can't do that. So, As a missional church, we need to ask ourselves, the two words that that I I heard uh, that was given to me that I like to use is, what does it mean to be two things? What does it mean to be uh, faithful, and what does it mean to be fruitful? So if we're going to be as a church, we want to say, how are we going to be a missional church? We need to answer that question. What does it look like for us to be faithful to what God has called us to do, and what does it look like for us to be fruitful and so uh, there's going to be different metrics for those things than for a church that's not a missional church, right? For your average church, uh, your kind of more traditional church, they kind of measure what does it mean to be faithful and fruitful in a number of ways, right? They might say, okay, what, is, what size church building do you have, right? Uh, wh- how big is your budget and what is your uh, butts in the seats, right? Wh- what is your attendance, your uh, worship attendance, And so a lot of churches, uh, I know the ones that I have grown up in, uh, measure those three things, and that's what it looks like to be faithful and fruitful. If you're being faithful, then you're going to grow. Your church building is going to get bigger. Your budget's going to get bigger. There's going to be more butts in the seats. Uh, A missional church operates very different than that. So we have to answer, what does it look like for us as a missional church to be faithful and fruitful? Because let's look at that. Number one, building. We are meeting right now in an incredibly uh, beautiful building that We don't own, right? We don't have a building. We are here by the grace of another community that says, yes, we would love for you guys to gather and worship here in this space. But we don't have a building of our own. So there's one X right there, right? Next, they talk about the size of the budget, right? Philip talked about this so well uh, in our, our balance series where he laid out, you know, our, our budget, our annual budget is right around $70,000 as a church. And so there's some of you in here that hear that number and say, "Okay, my my household income is bigger than what the entire church operates on annually, right?" And so uh, Philip laid this out so beautifully that the amount of ministry and the amount of impact that we're able to have in in this community. Based on the amount of resources that we're working with as a community is nothing short of God in action, right? It is nothing short of a miracle, what God has been able to do on the budget that we have to work with. So nobody's going to be impressed with, with a 70000 a year budget, right? The last thing is butts in the seats. You guys know that on, on any given uh, worship gathering, we have about 40 to 60 people on a really big week. Sometimes we, get, we break 70 on a, on a good week. Um, but 40 to 60 people. And so there's kind of a couple things I want to lay out with that. Number one, that may feel at times like that's not a very big number, particularly if you grew up in larger, more established churches. Um, but that number, uh, I, many of you guys know this. I receive coaching weekly uh, as part of what I do here at Awaken, part of uh, uh, leading and, and overseeing our missional communities. I receive coaching. And so I'm in a group of about nine other church planners that when they hear our worship attendance numbers, they, I mean, they're immediately envious, right? They're like, oh, I wish we had that. Right? And so I think comparison is not helpful in that sense. But the last thing is that if you don't go by what you see in our worship gathering, because as a missional church, that's not our primary uh, focus and our primary priority, if you were to take instead the amount of people that gather together, uh, engage in our missional communities throughout the month, that number goes over 100. It's kind of hard to measure, but somewhere as, as high as 120 people that are engaging in our missional communities every, every week. So the metrics of what it looks like for us to be faithful and for us to be fruitful as a missional church, we kind of have to redefine because God has called us into a different space and to do something different than what your traditional church may, uh, may call you to be. So what does it look like for us to be faithful as a missional church? Uh, a couple months ago, I was able to talk to a group of our, uh, all of our missional community leaders and some other uh, uh, leaders in the church and talked about this idea of missional theology. And so what does it look like for us to be faithful as a missional church? I think we, it really goes to our theology, which is what do we think about God, right? And our ecclesiology, what do we view, how do we view the church? Does that make sense? Are you still with me? Theology, what do we think about God? Ecclesiology, how do we view the church? What should the church look like? And so if we take a, a look of God, we cannot get away from the fact, I wish I had like 30 more minutes to talk about this. But we can't get away from the fact that God, as a trinity, right? God exists in a trinity. He exists in community with himself. That God has a social, relational nature. But God is also, by his very nature, a missionary. He sent his Son into the world, right? They sent the Holy Spirit into the world. The Son and the Spirit sends the church into the world for the sake of the world. And so God, by his very nature, is a missionary God. So for us to be faithful, being made in His image, to be both social and sending, to be both relational and missional, it means that one of the goals for us as a church should be to, uh, our, our participation in missional communities. And so I think if we're looking at where we are right now, what has God been doing, uh, we, I have, I'm just so excited to, to see what God is doing in our missional communities. For an average church, I looked this up today, I was looking at a Barna study, which if you don't know, Barna does uh, just research statistic-based studies, and I was looking at a Barna study for... The average number of your average church, how many people that attend the worship gathering, what percentage of them are connected to some kind of a small group, right? Not even missional communities like we do, but what percentage of them is connected to some kind of a small group, Bible study community group kind of thing? And they said that a healthy church, a healthy thriving church, they should uh, strive to have 40%. 40% of the people that are regularly attend their worship gathering being plugged in and connected into some kind of a small group that meets outside of that worship gathering. Uh, I ran some really rough numbers uh, this week, and and, uh, I kind of showed them to a couple other eyes to make sure that I was was doing this accurately. And at Awaken, we have around 86%. 86% of the people that are here in our worship gathering regularly are connected to a missional community. And so in terms of what it looks like for us to be faithful and fruitful, that's an incredibly exciting thing for me to look at other people that are gathering and saying, no, we don't have a bunch of people that show up and say, okay, give me my God fix for the week, and I'll see you next Saturday, right? I'm going to show up and get what I want, and then I'm just going to go about the rest of my, my life for the next six days, right? We have people that say, no, I believe in the vision, and I want to participate in missional community. And so for me, that's one of the first things that's really exciting for what it means to be uh, 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 faithful uh, to this vision of God calling us to be a missional church is to see the people that are part of our worship gathering engage in missional communities, which, again, we're seeing uh, over double what most churches would say is a healthy number. So that's incredibly exciting. Uh, the second thing is for us to continue not just to be a social people, but to be a sent people. And so I'm, I'm going to let Philip go over this more later, but we spent a lot of time over this past year, what God has been doing, building a framework and a structure in our missional communities to see people be better equipped, to be better uh, raised up, right, one of our rhythms, to live lives on mission as a missionary. And so Philip's going to cover that in a little more depth. Uh, I'm going to spend some more time, uh, uh, the rest of my time, talking about that's what it means to be faithful, right? What does it mean for us to be fruitful? And I think for us as a church, if missional communities are our vision, if missional communities is who we are, then I think that the only way for us to truly be fruitful is to continue to plant, grow, and multiply missional communities. And so for a lot of you guys that are here, some of you uh, have been with Awaken since the beginning, and many of uh, the people here have only been a part of Awaken in the last year or two, And so you may look at Awaken Church and say, okay, Awaken has four, is made up of four missional communities, right? And so it would be really easy, it would be really logical for you to assume that, okay, they probably started with one missional community, and then they had a second missional community, and then a third, and then a fourth, right? Um, It's actually not true at all, and so I want to spend the rest of, of my time kind of painting a picture of the story of what it has looked like for us. Awaken has actually been a part of, or had a hand in planting, eight different missional communities. And so we started out uh, kind of with one uh, community group that was basically just the church that was that was, meeting, uh, was uh, meeting throughout the week, but then we had what evolved into our Linhaven missional community was planted. And so it was planted by a few people that wanted to uh, have, have something in their section of the city to gather people together and see the presence of God in that city, and so we started with our Linhaven missional community. Not long after that, we planted a brand new missional community in uh, Norfolk in the Tidewater area of Norfolk. And so we had a, a, a community of people that was meeting in Norfolk and was heavily uh, present in the park that was there. They would gather kickball games together with the community. They would be part of uh, park beautification. They would paint uh, the, the picnic tables, and they would clean up the garbage that was in the park. And so for a season, we had a church that was, I'm sorry, a missional community that was planted in, in Norfolk. Uh, we, saw, uh, we saw a, a Portsmouth missional community that was planted. Several years ago, uh, if you're, again, new to the area, you may not realize, but the, the Midtown Tunnel and the Downtown Tunnel did not used to have tolls on them. You could pass without paying anything. And several years ago, they put tolls on those tunnels, and so we had some families that were coming to our worship gathering from Portsmouth. And so they said, you know what? I really think people that are crossing this, this tunnel every week to go be a part of a church are not going to want to keep doing that. So what would it look like for me to start a missional community in, in my area of Old Town Portsmouth with the hope of it growing into a, a worship gathering on that side of the water? And so we planted a, a missional community in Portsmouth that was there for a season. Uh, we saw uh, a, a missional community planted in Level Green that is one of our uh, uh, current missional communities where, uh, again, a guy said, I would like to do something in my neighborhood I would love to do, and uh, David and I laughed when we get together at the time, no idea what he was getting into, and since then has grown into this, this position as being really a pastor in our community and a pastor in his uh, neighborhood of Level Green and gathering people together over there. So we saw our, Never- our Level Green missional community planted, and then we saw a guy who came through our community that many of you guys may remember, some of you will remember because he fell off of the stage during one of our worship gatherings, and so it's hard to forget something like that, Uh, but we had a guy named Doug who came through uh, our our worship gathering, and he was about to get, he was a Navy guy about to be deployed, and so he said, you know what, I I really feel like God is is calling me to plant uh, a, a community of faith on my naval ship while I'm deployed. And so uh, we met with him. We said, Doug, that's super exciting. We would love for you to do that. And so, Doug, you're going to hear more of his story next week. But Doug started with a group of 12 people. And by the time they got back from deployment, they were gathering over 200 people on the ship for that community for the time of that deployment. Uh, we saw that happen. We saw some of you guys will remember a, a church planter named Matt Mitchell who has planted a missional community in Portsmouth. And so uh, last, maybe a year and a half ago, uh, we kind of took him on and said that we wanted to be part of supporting him and part of kind of adopting that missional community and helping them grow. Some of you guys went back and forth to help them as they were planning a worship gathering uh, to support that and to help them with what they were doing. And, so, uh, and then our, our newest uh, missional community is Reclaim. We took what was kind of a, a parachurch ministry, a women's ministry, and we uh, talked to uh, the leader who said, uh, Nicole said, I just have a passion for seeing women come to reclaim their God-given value. And that extends more than just the women at Awaken. I want to see that in women across Hampton Roads. And so we, we, launched, uh, we planted a, a reclaim as our newest missional community. And so what may on the outside look at like four missional communities has really been a history... Of planting missional communities, we've had eight different communities of faith planted throughout our uh, these these past you know five six years that we've been that we've been invested in a missional community, and I want to caution you because it could be very easy to say okay we've planted eight we've only got four why did the other four fail, and I I come against that completely because I think it is not fair to look at something that existed for a season. And, and, and look at it as a failure because I believe I can look at every one of these uh, communities that was planted and I don't think it is ever a waste or ever a failure to embody the presence of God in a place for a time, right? And so I can give you a list of people that have been a part of these communities that are either leading other things in Awaken Now or have been sent out into other areas or other communities that take the impact that we had in their lives into new spaces, new neighborhoods, new networks, and they carry that DNA with them. It's part of why my and Connie moved here to plant initially is because of the transient nature of this uh, of the culture of this uh, area and so uh, to me I just wanted to paint that story of not just what has God been doing in the last year we have this beautiful history of God empowering us to be missional to live as sent people into our neighborhoods and networks and we've seen that over the years as we have planted uh, eight different communities that have impacted hundreds of people and uh, I'm excited to. I almost want to jump into what I'm going to talk about next week, but I'm not. I'm going to make myself stop. But next week, we're going to talk about what is next over the next few years. What is God doing next as he calls us to be a missional church? Whew, breathe, man. Yeah. I was supposed to give you guys time to ask me things, but I think I was pretty There was no room. I think I was pretty thorough. You were killing it. Yeah. So Good job, man. You want to ask me how I feel?
0: Are you tired? Yeah. you feel I'm a little, out of breath? I'm a little tired. I'm sorry, man.
1: I'm going to go get a drink.
0: All right. See you later. Really? I thought that was a joke. Okay. Uh, so yeah, we're a missional church. Uh, Jeff has was brought on our staff team uh, six years ago, Jeff. Is that a fair number?
1: Uh 2012. So seven years, seven years ago.
0: So sponsor facing forward. Part of uh, <laughs> nice, good Jeff. <job. laughs> part of your role pretty early on was dreaming into the community groups community groups that we had morphing into missional communities and so I love what you shared and I would just encourage everyone um I appreciate you not going ahead to next week we want to leave some spoilers <laughs> out on the table tonight but um I think there are, we don't want to leave spoilers sorry we want to leave some teasers that's what I'm looking for yeah um but it's really it's really important for us as a church to make sure that we are telling these stories because you're right, it's so easy with that tunnel vision to only think about what we have right now, but not all groups are designed to be sustainable long term. Some of them are seasonal. Um, kind of, you've been here from the beginning, you've seen a lot of these groups be seasonal. What's been some of your observations of the groups that were both seasonal and some now that are sustainable?
2: And some of them, um were due to the transientness, transientness of this area too. So they wanted to keep going, but the Navy, when it tells you to move, you move. And so they actually ended up, we heard stories of people taking this, this missional community idea with them to places like Japan and San Diego and learning to live into their neighborhoods and into communities where they are. And that was a piece of Awaken that they brought with them. So when I think about Awaken, Um, I have a different picture than most of you because there's so many different people that filter through. And Mike and I did the math one time. I would say that it's pretty accurate to say that there's about 500 faces that have gone through our communities over the years. And um, they've taken a piece of this, of our DNA, and taken it with them to other places. And that's kind of cool to think about, too. I don't know if that answered your question, but that's what triggered when he was talking.
0: that's good.
1: Yeah, I think that's why it's so important to make sure you have the right metrics, because when you, uh, if you're measuring, you have to use the right measuring stick. Like, last night, my wife and I had a date night, and, like, in my 20s, a, what, a good date night probably would have been like, okay, we don't come home until the sun's coming up, right? We have all these things. Last night we went to Fa, and then we did our taxes and we had a glass of wine and we said, great night, high five, right? And so like the metric changes uh, from time to time. And so if we are continually holding uh, ourselves up to somebody else's measuring stick, then it's hard, it, it may be harder for us to get excited about what, is God, is, what God is doing. Yeah. And so that's why the, the important thing to me is to say, what are we actually measuring and what does it look like for us? to be faithful and fruitful to the vision that God has called us to.
0: Yeah, that's good. We're gonna go ahead and transition now to statement number two, which is we are a multiplying church. Uh, One thing I meant to say before we kind of dove into this, so pause the second statement just for a second. Um, I wanna say really clearly, I didn't again do this well on the front end. uh, Even though the three of us are up here communicating, we're the three primary communicators that you see teaching in our worship space we actually represent a five-person co-leadership team. And so Steve Frittle, who's back in our kids' area tonight, and Neil over there on the side, it's really a five-person team who's helped put together these, uh, these stories and also who's going to help speak into the vision that we're going to share next week. About I kinda how in my
2: notes, too. Do you I did? get points for that? Yeah,
0: high five to that. Nice. Boom. <laughs> I want cool sleeves that hang down. How do I get that? Be a woman? It's cold. All right. Sorry. Did you just turn your mic off? No.
1: Uh, well, I did, but I had to turn it back on because it was just, uh, I actually missed one. There was a, another missional community that we were a part of planning in Aragona that I can't believe I completely spaced and forgot. So thank you, Neil, for uh, for sending that my way. Uh, so yeah, nine different missional communities that we've been a part of, of planning yeah. or had a hand in planning over, over yeah. that time. So even
0: more exciting. That's awesome. So we are a co-leadership team shared amongst all five of us. Uh, one of the things that I don't want to steal Connie's thunder, but- This is a huge part of our church that we want to continue to make sure that we represent the voices of of many, not just a few. And so even though there's three of us up here, which looks a little bit different than what a normal week would look like, um, normally it's one of us up here, right, instead of three of us, but really there's five of us up here really in spirit because we represent kind of the staff team from the co-leadership side that really helps speak into the vision and things like that as well. You have more things to say?
1: I forgot to mention my own missional community.
0: Oh, Salem. my gosh. I included it in
1: the number. That was part of the nine, but I forgot to say it. We multiplied Salem from Lynnhaven, which I know you're going to talk about some more. But
0: gosh, steal my thunder.
1: Yeah, it would be easy for me to say I did it on purpose, but I did it.
2: Guys, quick send them text.
0: <laughs> yeah, any other text messages that you want to send us? We're up here. You can text uh, Jeff. His phone is off. Jeff, yeah. what's your phone number? We'll text everyone on the podcast what your phone number is. No, don't really do that. Um, it
1: spells out dead air.
0: Wow. Okay. <laughs> Um, awesome let me go ahead and jump into being uh, we're a multiplying church some of these things will overlap with both kind of what Jeff shared and what Connie will share here in a second but we're a multiplying church so what that means is there will be additions basic you know one plus one things that happen in our church so if all of a sudden we want to start a new missional community that would be an addition right a new group being added to our church these are like really high-level math equations that we're using right now, okay? So there's addition, but the difference between being an addition-based church and a multiplying-based church is that we believe that the DNA that God's called us to as a church, which are healing in, raising up, and sending out, will be woven throughout everything that we do and every facet that we do it, missional communities, our worship gatherings, Uh, one-on-one conversations in coffee shops or bars. We don't care where they happen. Those DNA pieces will always be a part of who we are as a church. And then the three statements that we're giving you tonight is our mission statement. We are a missional church. We are a multiplying church. We are a shared ownership church. And then next week, we're going to give you the vision around how we're going to live into that over the next season. So that's kind of how we want to use common language to articulate this process. So again, these things will overlap, but as Jeff shared, some of these things are going to be uh, heavily rooted in our missional communities because we are a church made up of missional communities. And so, again, part of how we measure success is how, how successful and how uh, healthy and vibrant are our missional communities? Are they reaching the lost in their neighborhood or network? Are they uh, caring for each other well? Are they meeting regularly? Uh, what does it look like for them to love their neighbor, right? So all of these questions are things that Jeff and our staff team, our co-leadership team, work with the co-leaders, but primarily Jeff, to see that happen. So background: a couple of years ago, our Lynn Haven group was growing. It was very vibrant, and it began to kind of outgrow the home it was in. And simultaneously, God was giving people within that group a vision for starting a new missional community. So we took that vision, we took that, that desire and the need for growth, and we multiplied that group out of it. And so we took one group, multiplied it into two, which again, I know your math people are going to say that's one plus one equals two, but this is really different than us just adding a group. We're very intentional to multiply that DNA out from within a group. Now, our hope is that all, all of our missional communities would wrestle with what does it mean to be a multiplying missional community. But like we talked about already, not every group looks the same. There's not a cookie cutter way to do missional communities. If you do A plus B equals C, then you will have a healthy missional community. That doesn't exist, right? Every group looks different, but we do hope that for many of our groups, they begin to wrestle with what does it mean for us to expand and multiply out? Who can we send out? Because part of what it means to be a disciple of Christ is that as you grow and mature, you begin to take new ownership and you begin to lead uh, new opportunities for you. Now, not everyone's called to be a missional community leader, but we are all called to be missionaries. And so as God sends you, you need to find the right people and make up the right, uh, uh, the right giftings, the right skill sets to go and lead that group together. So we saw that happen a couple of years ago with Lynn Haven into our Salem group. We also in the process um, have continued to see opportunities within our community, Uh, We've gone, as uh, Jeff talked about, we've had these four groups and we shared with you last year around our vision was to see us add or multiply in some capacity, but to grow our missional communities from four to seven healthy missional communities, at least to see them started before the end of 2020. That's, That's still absolutely an applicable vision. And again, we'll talk more about that next week about kind of where we're going. But you may be looking around and saying, hey, bro, we're one year into this where are we at with that process it's a great question um, so the story that i want to tell is and i'm really excited about this those of you who are a part of a discipling core which is the leadership team and the discipling network that we create within a missional community that's designed to help someone who is, is seeking out additional ways to grow as a follower of jesus as a missionary in their area that we've created this dynamic of a discipleship core, which has always been a part of our missional communities. But the newest thing that we've added is this curriculum, if you will, or these resources that are now laying an incredibly healthy foundation for our missional communities and our discipling cores to now know what does it mean for us to be healthy, growing, understand what a missional community is, because if we were to ask many of you, what is a missional community? You hear that phrase a lot. And maybe you wrestle with, what does it really mean for us to be a missional community church? And so we want to give you common language to know how to do that. And so Jeff and our team has put together these resources uh, to create this amazing set of resources so that every year discipling cores can go back to this foundation, get healthy so that then many of them can multiply. So although we haven't seen a group multiply yet, we are absolutely laying this incredibly important foundational piece right now to, so that God will begin to multiply. And I think it's very, very fair to see at least one of our missional communities multiply in the next year. We may add a new one as well. And then I also think that we're continuing to find ways to partner with other churches, other people that come through our, uh, our sphere of influence, church planters, and we can always adopt other groups as well and make up that seven. And so that goal is very much alive and active. And what that looks like, we're not entirely sure. The Holy Spirit definitely needs to speak into that process. But we want to invite you uh, in this process of kind of telling the story of where we've been to not lose sight of where God is also taking us with trying to live into these three missional communities that we want to see started and, and multiplied in the next year. Uh, the last two things here I want to share, and then I'll give them a space to, to talk um, Jeff talked about it just briefly, we also believe in multiplying because it's important that we, and I highlight this at the very beginning, we don't just build Awaken, right? I, I love this church because many of the churches that I've partnered with or even worked at before are so focused on building the brand of their church, and I'm not here to to poo-poo any churches out there, but our church is very, very strategic in making sure that This isn't about making Awaken look awesome or glamorous or making us have the largest worship gathering in Hampton Roads, not even on the radar of our goal. Our goal is to see missional influence spread throughout Hampton Roads. And so when those opportunities of influence come about, we have things like Matt Mitchell, who was a church planner in Suffolk, Portsmouth area, who came to us and said, hey, would you guys be willing to kind of bring me Under your wing, let me learn from you guys. You can coach me, mentor me in the process. We'll worship in your worship gathering. We'll hang out in your MCs, and we'll also get a chance to kind of learn the DNA while God's simultaneously leading us to plant over here in Suffolk, Portsmouth. And so that had a season in our church history that ended about a year ago now. But we were absolutely a part of trying to multiply that missional influence all throughout Hampton Road. So. It may not always look like, hey, look at all the things that Awaken does, because it's not always in-house. Some of these things happen out of house, because we are a church that is sending out, right? And so it's hard, because like Jeff Jeff shared, we have almost 120 people that call Awaken or some level of Awaken home, or they're connected to Awaken. And yet you look around the room, and sometimes we have 40 people here, and you're thinking, man, where is everybody? And part of it, because we measure things differently, Now, I would love to see this space grow and us to outgrow this space. Don't get me wrong, I'd love to see that. But what does it mean for us to measure success and to multiply means not how do we grow a worship space, it means how do we grow our missional influence throughout Hampton Roads. And so the last thing I'll share, and this is uh, something that you'll continue to hear more about over the next several months and and ongoing, is that if you're aware, last uh, fall we transitioned uh, mike off of a co-pastoring team that jeff and, and mike and i led together but really ever since uh right around sabbatical about a year and a half ago is that fair mike a year and a half ago uh, almost, two almost two years ago now um mike's role began to kind of shift internally at awaken in a good way uh, mike and i are wired very similarly in our gifting as you probably many of you hear this language all the time. We live into the apest leadership model, apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, and You're shepherds. You're just determined
2: to steal all my stuff, aren't you?
0: I didn't have your notes in here, so I apologize. Sorry, guys. Am i Am not killing it in time right now, too? I need to carry up. Um, but Mike uh, transitioned in that process to be an apostle who was focused a lot on the exterior, what was happening outside of Awaken. And so we transition mike to be a missionary pastor so he's on our church team he's on our staff we love mike you see mike here all the time but mike's role is now looking at how does he and his role as a missionary pastor grow the sphere of influence missionally throughout hampton roads so creating networks relationships Training new leaders, coaching up other churches, giving them opportunities is a part of what he does through empowerment that he receives at Awaken. And so part of us multiplying ourselves out is not saying, hey, what can we get from this? But it's being selfless in the process to believe in someone like Mike and say, hey, how can we send you out in this to live into the vision where God's given you that aligns with our vision as well to be a multiplying church? So you're going to hear more from Mike about some of the things that God's using him for over the next few months. And there's some really cool things that we're praying about as a church, continuing to partner with Mike in this process. But Mike isn't someone who just disappeared. He's someone who we transitioned intentionally so that he can live into where God's calling him, but also we can live into the DNA and this mission statement of being a multiplying church. So I think all those things are incredibly awesome testimonies of how God has been using our church. But again, if you're not here every week, you may not hear all those stories, you're not a part of all, maybe all the things that have happened in the past, and some of these things happen behind the scenes, and we don't always communicate everything super well in the sense of you know what's everything that's going on. It's hard to communicate everything all the time, right? Your information overload. But as a recap tonight, I think those things summarize pretty well how we have been a multiplying church. And again, next we'll cover kind of where we've been. So sorry if I went over a little bit. Anything you guys want to chime in about being a multiplying church?
1: Well, I think Connie's going to reiterate everything you said in a minute. yeah. Already. Um but no I just I just love that idea it's part of why awaken has been uh such an incredible like I'm not here because I'm a pastor, like I would be here anyway. Like if I wasn't a pastor, this is exactly the kind of church that I would be seeking and wanting to be a part of, is to say, we're not here to build our own brand, our own kingdom, right? We wanna see that be sent out and, and to, to, to see that happen, whether it has our name on it, whether it has our logo, whether it doesn't, just to see the gospel and, and this DNA of missional communities be multiplied throughout the region uh, is just something I'm incredibly excited about.
0: Yeah, sorry I stole your thunder.
2: No. And I think what Jeff was saying builds into what I'm talking about, which is we're a shared ownership church. And I think the reason that that um, intrigues people is because they get a piece of something. They're not just here to consume or take what they, and leave, you leave empty when you enter a place like that, looking just to get from it, but not give anything in return. And um, I think that's, from the beginning, I can... I can see how that is what intrigued people about Awaken. It's different than other faith communities that they've been a part of. Um, so when I think about ownership, I think about um, claiming a piece of something. And when you claim a piece of something, you tend to assess the value of it more, right? You look at it deeper to understand what it is. And when you assess the value of something, then you're just no longer coming to take from it. You want to give something to it in return, right? So To be a shared ownership church, that means that we live more like a family and community, and we gather in this place not just to take from it, but to give something in return. And we're talking talents, abilities, time, um, our resources, our money, all of that. Like, we want to give back to it, not just take from it. And a piece of that is given to all of us because we're a shared ownership church. When I think back to the, because you can't be where you are now without being where you've been, right? So when I think back to the beginning, when we, it's almost been 11 years this summer. It'll be 11 years that my family moved here to start Awaken. And when I think about where we started in the living room of this townhome over in Lake Edward, because when you're new to a place, you don't realize where you should and shouldn't (laughs) reside. It was great. We loved it. We loved it. That was bad. I shouldn't have said that. Um, anyway... Hope oh,
1: no one is here from Lake Edwards. No. it that. would be awkward.
2: No. Gunshots were just in the background quite a bit. But we loved the neighborhood and people actually responded to what God had called us to do there. And um, when I think back to the living room and I picture faces in there, we wanted to be a community from the beginning that Um, welcomed those far from God and welcomed those that didn't know God. And we wanted to build off of that. And when we first started, and I picture the faces, the families that took a piece of that ownership, because that's what we were offering. We never wanted to do it by ourselves. It was all about a team. And we brought some people with us, but we knew we needed to build a team here. So we got out into our neighborhoods and started building relationships with people. And we offered them a piece of what we were doing, and that's what people were really looking for. something that they could be a part of, that they could give to, not just take from, and the main people that were, do you know that they did not know Jesus? They just saw that we were out in the community, that we were being a part of things here. We weren't just closed off in our own little spaces. We were... Um, interrelational with things around us, with people around us, and they wanted to be a part of that. They wanted to take some ownership in that. And they didn't even know who Jesus was. They just knew that we were offering them something more than just a seat. We were offering them a piece of who we are and what we were doing. And we were helping them, as Philip talked about, the gifting that's involved. We were helping them discover how God's created them and what their voice is in the community because none of us were meant to sit silently. We were meant to offer what we were given, what the Lord has given us, and our voices to the table. And that's that shared ownership piece. From shared ownership though, we can't ask you to take ownership in something and share ownership with us in something if we're not willing to do it even on a leadership level. So as we've talked about a little bit already, that shared ownership from it stems the shared leadership, which is what we have in the co-leadership team. And Philip was talking about the apest, which is just from Ephesians 4, how God gave some to be apostles, prophets, shepherds, teachers, evangelists. I always get them out of order.
0: It's all right. You've got them all, though. Yeah,
2: yeah. I like to spell things differently. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, I lost my train of thought. Um, On our co-leadership team, all of those gift mixes are represented, and it's for a purpose. It's why we wanted to be well-rounded and we wanted to live into all of the gifts. And that's why we purposely set up the team that way so that it could be represented that way. And shared leadership just models the Trinity. Why reinvent the wheel? You know, like God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, all part of the Trinity. They live in community together, so much so that to our human eye, we often forget there's three, He's just one. But there is three in one, and they live in their communal way. And then um, another aspect of the Trinity which plays a part into the shared leadership and shared ownership is the humility you see by way of submission. And how um, the roles of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the roles are different. And at times, one has to humble themselves so the other can lead and share and, um, from their gifting. And it's all about leading and following, where the world sets up leadership, on the most part, for um, putting someone up top, and then the rest of us just follow. But in shared ownership and in shared leadership, we all lead and follow based on our gift mixes, based on the maturity level that we have, based on um, I lost it, <laughs> based on um, experiences, how we've grown into our gifts. And, and that's what we want for you all here. We don't want you just to come and sit. We want you to be a part. Like Awaken has given me a voice. I came from a background, am I running on time? You no, have you're, to, great. Okay. you're cool. I came from a background, a faith community that, only, that didn't necessarily value my voice or my voice could only be heard in certain ways because of my gender because I'm a woman. So there were certain things that I couldn't do or couldn't say, there, or there were certain things that I could do if I wanted to be a pastor's wife, then I could use my gifts in that way. But if you look up the definition of pastor's wife in the faith community that I'm from, I don't meet any of those. <laughs> I just don't, I don't play the piano. I don't, um, I'm not really good. My gifting is not shepherding. It's prophet teacher. I'm not a shepherd. So a lot of the things that they say a pastor's wife is, I just wasn't those things. So I felt like my voice had been stifled in the communities I was in. And here, um, as we moved to Awaken and started Awaken, that started to change. And God allowed my voice to come out. I had to grow and mature in a lot of ways, but God allowed my voice to be heard and my voice to be brought at the table through my gift mix, not through a standard that was set that I had to follow. I could be free to share my voice in the way God had called me to share my voice. And I just really appreciate that. And I feel um, blessed and honored to be a part of a team with four men who um, cheer on my voice, who encourage my voice, and who respect my voice. And that's the first time that I've ever been a part of something that that's been um, allowed, and it's very freeing, and I really appreciate that. And that's what we want for you. We want your voice to be heard the way God created you in that shared ownership piece. You can see the, the shared ownership in the co-leadership team. We also have set up the SLT, which you have heard a little bit about. And um, we're, the co-leadership team is mutually submissive to the SLT, and as are they to us. And we co-lead together. And we all have a piece of the ownership, a piece of this community. And we assess the value, and we don't just take from it. We give to it. Am I missing anything?
0: No. I, just, I was going to say spiritual leadership team because we leadership use team. You know, yeah, acronyms sorry. all the time. But in case you're not turned aware turned into right? the Navy. We have, well, <laughs> you are what you're around, right? Yeah. So, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, the only thing I was going to piggyback off of was a shared leadership story that I still love celebrating, and it will one day not carry as much weight, but it's still absolutely applicable right now. As the finance guy within the church, we paid off $16,000 of debt last year because of a shared ownership that we set a vision out in front of our church and said, hey, we've got sixteen grand." At that point, we had about, I want to say it was like eight left. We were about halfway, um, and we paid off all, every bit of that and also maintained our normal budget. Uh, in that process. So it wasn't like we skimped in that process. Everyone gave and gave above and beyond as well. And so I love that story. It's a money story. It's always cringe in a church telling money stories because it feels like we're out to ask you for something. But the reality is that when, as a church, we've given you an opportunity to own the process of being at Awaken, so many of you have embodied that so beautifully in so many areas. And I think part of what excites us as a co-leadership team, and I'll speak on behalf of the spiritual leadership team as well, that we're excited about giving you some new language next week to figure out, okay, so I'm not awakened, I come regularly, I belong to a missional community, but what's next? What does it really mean for us as a church to live into the God-sized vision of where God's taking us? So I think next week I would encourage you to come back. We've got some brand new things to share that we've not shared with you ever before, and uh, we are excited to, probably for the first time in our church history, hopefully, knock on wood, uh, really be stable in this location as a worship gathering for the next many years to come. I think the longest that we were at somewhere was the theater, and that was like four and a half years, give or take. And so we would love to see us live into this space, if not longer, because we've got a great partnership with BB one and we also want to see what god will do to keep expanding that missional influence as well so this is a quick recap here for everyone here so we're all paying attention we got three statements right it's our mission of who what does it mean to to be a part of awaken let's say them together right it's a little cheesy but it helps me out number one we are a missional church number two we are a multiplying church and number three we're a shared ownership church So that's who we are. That's who we've been. And thankfully, that's where God will always keep us, being of Awakened. So I'm going to pray over uh, these amazing stories, and then we're going to transition to a final couple songs here in worship. So uh, let's go ahead and pray. If you will, just go ahead and bow with me. Jesus, thanks again for being king.